Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Live Well Bipolar. I'm sitting here with my guest to go over a really special thing that we're going to highlight that's a little bit different from our regular episode, but we got Mina Kunlo Tip on the podcast, and I am excited to bring you something that she put together that she created that's actually been a resource I've been using these past couple of months. And I know after doing this, I'm always about being able to bring things to you guys that offer more clarity and more insight into what it looks like to live well with bipolar. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about Mina before we dive in. She is the host of Q the Clarity podcast, creator of the slower mornings approach and speaker and educator for small business owners for self-growth productivity, positive psychology, and inner alignment. And we're going to be focusing today on that slower mornings approach that she created in a guide that I'm going to have in the show notes for everybody to really help us unlock more of how to have a slower morning routine and how that really helps with calming so much of what we go through living with bipolar that can be clouded inside of our minds at times. So Mina, thank you so much for making the time to come on here and talk about about the slower mornings approach and really why you put this together. I'm so excited to be here. I think it's such important work to be talking about mental health and, and talking about living with bipolar. And, you know, even, even when I talk on my podcast, I talk mostly to female, um, usually lots of moms, um, entrepreneurs. And so what I go over oftentimes is mostly around habits, but also to do with health, mental health, and living your life and operating in the way that feels very aligned to you. So I think that when you have mental health, um, men, uh, when you're approaching mental health, you have this extra layer of things that within your lifestyle and your self-care that you have to take into account. So having something like the slower mornings approach was something that I discovered really helped me to kind of doing a self-exploration of when I was in a big transition in my life. So I've been an entrepreneur for nearly two decades and I've created events. I've done um, all sorts of things. I have a product business. I also, the, the most the most recent change has been when I was at the product boss where I exited that business, but it was a multi-million dollar business that I co-founded with my co-founder. And so after almost seven years, I exited that business and wasn't sure what to do with myself other than I knew that I needed to step back from the hustle of the world that I had created and rediscover what was important to me and how I could get realigned again. What I didn't realize was how emotional that that journey would be, how emotional that that transition would be. And I felt myself getting into this really sad, very emotional transition and time in my life. And then I said to myself, what do you, what do you need to do, Mina? What do you need to do to take care of yourself mentally, emotionally, physically? And that's how I came up with the slower mornings approach. It was basically so I could do these tiny habits just one foot in front of the other and feel like I was doing something and progressing, but not having to use my mind at all. 
mm-hmm. <laughs> not having to think about what I needed to do. I just knew I needed to do S-L-O-W-E-R. And that's kind of how my mind works is I work in acronym. Basically, I, I just do mnemonic devices and acronyms for everything in my life, (laughs) mantras, you know, everything like that to kind of get me going, especially when I don't have the bandwidth or the capacity to hold more than I can hold in that moment. And so that was kind of how the slower mornings approach came about was me being in that transition and feeling like I need something that helps me get aligned in my life. Mm -hmm. I love that, especially the awareness piece that you bring to it of going through that transition. You talk about work and this grind hustle culture of do, 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 and, and produce and have the results and do these things and being so focused in that for such a long time, two decades of being in this world as entrepreneur, helping other people in positions with the product boss. And you talk about exiting that business. And then now, now what do I do? What's next? What's the next move? But then noticing and saying, I didn't realize how emotional that transition would be and what would all tie part of that. But what really sticks out to me with what you said is you asked yourself, what do I actually need? And what do I need to give myself differently than what I'm doing now to produce a different result, to get on that path. And literally that acronym that you talk about of slower mornings approach. And you guys, I'm going to have the the visual here for you guys to see what this looks like, but in the slower mornings approach, it stands for the, the S stands for silence. L is liquids. O is outside. W is writing. E is exercise and R is reading. And really I wanted to bring this to you guys because literally what Mina was saying, this going through this transition, all of us have different parts of our lives and different moments in which we're in transition, right? It, it looks different for each one of us. And especially with living with bipolar, there are good transitions. There's bad transitions. There's new job promotion, loss of family member, loved one, different stages that we're in, or even good ones. Like I've gone through this year of getting married, buying a home, but what do we need to give ourselves? Right. And you talk about doing something where you're not needing to use your mind. You're able to give yourself that time in the morning to reflect and go through this. And it's really easy to follow. And I actually remember I did this for the the entire month of November and then into December here, but I really liked it because I feel like with journaling, you're able to go back and reflect on the pages, but this guide is literally one page. It sits in front of you. And I literally marked on the sides, like how many days out of the month I ended up going through. And I was like, I did 24 out of 30 days of silence. I did clearly with liquids. I was like, I didn't meet my, my goals there. So you can visually see where you're sitting at and it really helps to tie into how you speak to yourself. So I'd love to ask you with developing this slower mornings approach, what is something with this guide that you released that you started doing yourself as a result of this, that you didn't expect to find about yourself, or you were like, there's no way this is true, but you found it through, through putting this together. What does that look like? So I think that when you start doing the slower morning habits over and over and that repetitiveness and that consistency, and you tally it up, you start to see where were you before and where are you now? The hard thing for me when I was going through that transition, and I think this is for, for women and especially women with mental health, um, that you have to learn how to take care of yourself. And I think that that's not taught to many of us, especially in, you know, I'm 
Taidam and it's I'm Southeast Asian. Mm -hmm. And so I grew up in an immigrant household, but one of the things that was never talked about was mental health. Mm -hmm. And another thing was never taking care of yourself. And I think as women were taught to never take care of ourselves and never talked, taught how to advocate even for ourselves. So when you're thinking about going through transitions, and you think our whole life is full of transitions, it's a, a perpetual um, state of change. And when you're navigating that, it's really difficult to do that as a woman when you're taught your whole life never to talk about it and to never take care of yourself. And so these are really simple ways to do that. Something I didn't realize when I was doing the habits was how it would change who I was. So when I left the product boss, I thought it was just a role of mine. I didn't realize how much value I put in myself of being at the product boss and that I contributed to that. And that was how and who I was in this world. And I think that that's what really was difficult for me to figure out was who I am, who am I without the product boss? Mm -hmm. And who do I want to be in this whole nother world that I'm creating for myself? And I started Cue the Clarity. And so with doing the slower mornings approach, as I'm going through it and have that moment of silence in that morning, it starts with silence because silence is where you get to drown out the noise of the world. You get to ground yourself and center yourself in what you want. When I was working at the product boss, and this is in a good way, in a bad way, I was working with a big team. I had a partner. Now I am beginning again on a singular level and being by myself and figuring out what is my, my intuition? What is my, my, my inner voice? I, I can't even hear it anymore sometimes. And we all get lost in that with the hustle, with the chase, with us trying to figure it out, you know, all at once. And with starting out with silence, you, I believe that everybody should start out every single morning with a moment of quiet to themselves always or you'll never be able to drown out the noise. I gave the story of how every morning I was waking up and checking my phone and I'd somehow get to scrolling on Instagram or I'd somehow be looking at all the Slack notifications or the tasks in Asana and I would be reacting to my own life. Mm -hmm. And I think that with slower mornings, it goes, so uh, it goes silence and then it goes liquids, which your brain needs to function with liquids and needs to not be dehydrated. It needs hydration. Hydration is health. So it goes into liquids. Then it goes outside, which is stepping outside and really breathing in that air, but getting sunshine on your face. So your circadian rhythm or your circadian rhythm can get kicked on. Your mood is boost, whether or not you want it to be. Um, because sometimes I do not want to get outside, but I do anyways, and your body can't help, but shift into a better mood when you see, when you feel the sunshine on your face. And then it goes into writing, like what you were saying, Paris about journaling. And that really is about having you navigate what's going through your body and your mind. What I found was journaling was the hardest for me. Writing was the hardest um, but it actually made the most profound effect. So because I was able to write out my feelings, because I was able to write out 
from a lens of gratitude. So I usually will go through the cycle that I call the give cycle and it's gratitude, intention setting, visioning, and emotions. So I'm just writing about those things because the hardest part for me was sitting down and just writing. And so I was able to do that with writing. And then it goes into exercise, which is walking and moving your body and then reading. And what happens is that you win the morning. Emotionally, you have some wins underneath your belt. Physically, you have some wins under your belt. And um, mentally, you have some wins under your belt. So you go into the day feeling like I really anchored myself in this in this day and centered myself onto my voice. And I'm able to look at it from a lens of abundance. You know, one of the things I wrote down was abundance is an inside job. And I think that we all, when we get caught up in this world of moving at a a pace that sometimes we'll get so burnt out because we're not ever slowing down and we're not giving ourselves the permission to slow down, that we're looking for something outside of ourselves. And so that's what I was doing. I was looking for something outside of myself. And I realized that it was an inside job and that it was my responsibility to make my life my own. And so I did that with my habits, just little tiny habits, one for in front of the other, uh, without having to think about it, without feeling like I wanted to or desired to mm-hmm. sometimes. And I think that when, you know, when you're talking about living with bipolar, especially bipolar, I don't hear much about bipolar compared to other mental um, health and routines and you know, I, I, for example, I have family members who have schizophrenia mm-hmm. and I other, like I have actually debilitating panic attacks. I haven't had one in a while. I'm going to knock on wood. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> like that's going to help, but <laughs> it was a journey in figuring out myself and exploring how I could educate myself and advocate for myself and, um, build in my own support system. And you don't realize it, but those habits are your support system that you're giving yourself. You're saying to yourself, you have full permission to slow down, especially in the mornings, and empowering yourself to do that. And I think that that's what makes it so significant is that it's so simple, so simple. It feels like nothing at all sometimes, but it builds into something very significant that can impact and transform your life. Wow. I just, I'm always doing this every time I have these conversations, because I love to just jot down things that stick out the most just to make sure I'm like constantly reiterating that to share with everybody. But when you said your habits are your support system, I think that that's such a unique perspective because sometimes we start to think of everything, like you said, is outside of ourself. Like my support system is, you know, whether you're in a relationship, your partner, your, you know, family, friends, coworkers, whoever you have in that circle, we tend to think, okay, these are my resources or these are my tools. It's outside of me. It's not part of me. But when you think about the things that you can control and start to implement and put into place over time, like these habits, and how does that connect to your support system? And I think it gives a sense of that power back when we start to feel powerless. And when you clearly lay out, how do I identify as myself, as Mina, separate from the product boss? I had interwoven that so much into my life. And I've been such a big part of this for so long that now that I've separated from this and and moving on into starting Cue the Clarity, 
what do I need to do differently? Or how can I see myself instead of the way you wake up and you're instantly checking those messages, going through the, the Slack, seeing what tasks need to be done on Asana, going through the things that we're typically used to, right? When we have our phone in our hand, we're so used to that instantaneous, what's the next thing. But I really like how you talk about what you didn't see standing out is when you said just the, the ways in which you were reacting to your own life. I think that's so key because when I look back on the moments that I was doing the worst and right before my hospitalization, like just the moments that I was not really, really not doing well and had no insight into it. I didn't have any of these habits in place. I didn't for sure. Didn't have any kind of morning routine, anything like this. And I didn't even think that this would even be something to make a difference. When I first started learning about getting into this kind of work really about five years ago is when that's kind of started for me is really seeing that this is something that can make a difference and I need to start making changes. So I'd love to ask you from where you're sitting at right now, when did you leave the product boss? Like when was that time frame? So I left the product boss in September. So it has only been not that long. The public announcement has only been a little bit over the uh, over a month, but I left in September. We had a launch and that was my last in-house activity that I did at the product boss. Um, but that was still when we were in process of figuring out what it would look like for me to transition out. Mm, yeah. So you talk about that three month period, right? So September, mm -hmm. October, November, now we're in December when we're talking right now. And really, so talking about that time frame, I'd love to see how did the slower mornings approach come to you? How did you discover it? And how did you put it into place and say, this is something that I need to put out because I've been doing it and I know it would help other people. I think it was when I was going through the emotions and I knew that I didn't have the bandwidth and the capacity to navigate them without support and help. And so I've always been a person that believes in therapy. I believe in support. I believe in even in medication. You know, my husband's a pharmacist and I see the transformation it can do to an individual as well as even a family. You know, it takes a village a lot of times to understand and everybody's feelings are valid. And I think that when I was going through that, I knew that I needed to do something that felt like I was being productive or being, I was progressing, right? And I think that with me trying to discover where, who I was going to be and my, my value being tied into who I was at the product boss and shedding that a little bit and letting that go and releasing that. I wasn't sure what, what to do besides just function. Mm -hmm. And so I've always been a, like I said, a big believer in therapy and a big believer in habits. You know, one of the, uh, one of my degrees is in psychology, you know? So I just laugh because, you know, I always <laughs> joke that I don't ever use my degrees, but clearly I do. <laughs> I love that. And so, um, in psychology. And so when I was first started my transition out of the product boss, I kind of went back to the things that interested me before. And so I went back to psychology. I went back to, um, what my values are. So I took some, um, assessment tests, I guess you could call them personal assessment tests. One of them is called the VIA test and it's your values assessment. So I took that. I also dug deep into human design. I dug deep into therapy. I 
did a lot of things that I was trying to figure out who am I? Mm-hmm. <laughs> am I hitting a midlife crisis? Who am I without the product boss? And then I just realized that, you know what? There's a big part of me that needs to still know that I'm growing and I'm moving forward. And so I knew, you know what, Mina, you need to do your habits. And I've always been a person of habits, you know, of knowing that in the bad days, the habits are going to be what carries you through. And so there was um, there, I always think of things in like metrics in a way, you know, it's probably because the business side of me, the result side. And so I always think that, okay, so if you're living your life, there's like the good days, there's the great days, the good days, and then the bad days. So I always portioned them out to a third, a third, a third. I'm pretty sure that this is accurate math. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, a third of your days are great days. A third of your days are horrible days. And a third of your days are in between. And you will somewhere, especially in that entrepreneurial journey, we lose sight of that because we think that they all should be good, great days, but they're not, they're absolutely not. And there's not a life that's out there. In fact, you need that contrast. And so you need to be able to support yourself in the bad days. And the way to support yourself is the habits. So when I was going through my bad days and um, and trying to figure out what do I need for myself, it took some figuring out of, okay, Mina, what you need being a naturally introspective person, you need silence for one, because I started to understand the things that triggered me. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that triggered me was other people's opinions. <laughs> like and when you're such a public figure and you almost invite in people giving their opinions on you, you, how you laugh, how you approach life, what you think, you know, how you speak, how you talk, all these different things. And it was hard on me. I didn't love being giving so much and hearing any sort of negative feedback. I understand, obviously you're going to get negative feedback, but at the same time, I was like, I need to be confident in my inner self and in order to tune that out as, as best I can. And so that's what I started to do. I was like, okay, Mina, what do you need? Mm -hmm. And then I started realizing that I also need never to make decisions. <laughs> so that's why I came up with the acronym. My mind kind of just works that way anyways. And so then I was like, okay, Mina, so you don't have to decide what you're going to do when you wake up. Let's make this the easiest thing that you can do. So I wrote it out and I was like, ooh, I really like this. And for a, like a decade ago, I used to do savers. Do you know what that is? I've heard of the, the name of it. Yeah, it is Miracle Morning. Okay. And so Yeah, Hal Elrod. So I did that a while ago, but I never became a morning person, which I thought that was hard because it really spoke to morning people. And so his acronym was silence, um, affirmations, visualizations, exercise, reading, and scribe. And so I did that a long, long time ago, maybe 10 years ago. And, but I realized that it didn't suit me the best because I was usually not in the mood to do affirmations or visualizations. (laughs) (laughs) And 
um, because I would be just so tired in the mornings and I wasn't in that expansive state. Like I just didn't have the bandwidth to do that. And so I just accommodated what I needed and what I wanted to my own version of that. And I think that for everybody who's listening, do that for yourself too. So when you're thinking about slower mornings, accommodate it to what you need and what you desire and what you want um, and what you will continue to do. That's what I say about the exercise. One is make it something so easy that you're willing to do it, even if it's like jumping jacks. Mm -hmm. You know, for me, it's walking because I enjoy walking. Mm -hmm. So don't think that you need to do hit exercises when you've <laughs> never done them before in your life and you need to wake up to that. It's, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I like how easily you're able to make this accommodating for people to incorporate into their life. So it's not like something where it has to be this way. These steps, you need to do all of this before like 7am. I like how it's split up in that acronym. And I love that you say that because it literally <laughs> reminded me so much because for those of you guys listening, this podcast used to be the master your mental podcast and mental was an acronym where it was like mm. mindset, engagement, nutrition, talk about it, accountability. And the same thing as you, I was like, I just need to make this easy so I can yeah. do it and follow the steps and it's not overcomplicated. I'm not going to talk myself out of it. So I love that you are able to hammer home that point of having that support in the bad days and the realistic side of what it looks like. Right. So especially in entrepreneurship and whether or not you identify with that, but no knowing that not every day is going to be a great day. And sometimes I do see this kind of hustle culture, especially with entrepreneurs of showing the good side, or here's the, the highlights of like the success or the metrics that I've been able to, to complete for the year. Right. But I like how you're able to say, I want to actually show there's good, there's bad, there's great. So what do we do no matter what the day, no matter what the level of what that satisfaction is still having that level of support that you can hammer into your own schedule and make this something that's accessible. Because like you say, you know, I'm not the type either, especially with the affirmations and the visualization, I'm good with the silence, getting off the phone in the morning, starting with that walking, getting back into those things, right. Start with wh where you're at now. And it's a good way to track it, right? So that way you can just do one month and see where did you end up this month? And I think that that's what I really like about this is I was able to do it and not be hard on myself and say, well, okay, every single day, I'm going to do my silence every single day. And if I don't, I'm going to be hard on myself, but I was able to do it, look at it and say, okay, cool. Here's where I ended up for the month. And you know, here's where I want to try to do, do better in December. And it's a good way to also celebrate yourself for being able to stay consistent with the things that you are showing up for on those days that are very hard. And you're not feeling like you're able to do, do as much or get as much done. So something that I'd love to ask you too, especially with putting this together and going through this transition. And I really appreciate you, especially with just the openness and the vulnerability, because no matter what we talk about on this podcast, and I know you guys listening a lot of every single episode we actually cover is either from someone that I'm talking with who also lives with bipolar, or they're either a professional in the space, like a psychologist, psychiatrist, somebody who has some, a kind of story that they can bring to the table for that. And Mina being here and, and, and saying, look, this is my story. I went from living 20 years in entrepreneurship. I had this company that I built up with a partner. I've exited that built this up to be a multi-million dollar company and then exited. And now here I am. And I didn't know who I was. A lot of people can't say that there's many people who would not actually come out and publicly admit. I had to take a moment and put something together to help myself. And I believe in therapy and I believe in supporting yourself that way. 
and really hammer home these points because I feel like it's so often that we see in the space, especially with people who go through serial entrepreneurship and from one thing to the next, you don't always see too much about that in between. Like what is that in between period? Mm -hmm. So I really think that it, it means so much that you came out and you're saying this transition, I'm still going through the process. Here's what I put together and why this is something that you did because it's been so helpful for you in navigating and getting clear on understanding what does slower mornings mean and why do I need that? And giving yourself the space to really dig deeper into those areas without saying, no, I need to go to the next thing automatically, shut off all those emotions and feelings, just drive through it. Right. Cause I feel like it can be easy to, to do that. So maybe if there's a characteristic you can share with me that you've found within yourself, what is it about you that you've been able to discover that, that allowed you to do that without just let me just start and hammer onto the next thing. What is it that, that helped you kind of get to that place to do that? I love this question. And there's actually two things. So first the, the one I wanted to talk about was what you were saying about when you're an entrepreneur, how you just want to go to the next thing. And I think that that's because we see these external things of the other things that people are doing. We get unfocused on our own lane. And I think for all of us, the reason why I created this was a permission slip. Think of that tracker as a permission slip to look at something tangible. And it's really tactile, right? Like that you tactile, that you get a hold of that and you get a no. This is my permission slip to myself to slow down mm -hmm. because everybody else is telling me I need to speed up and be this overnight success. And so that's what it was for me was a permission slip to slow down. It does not have to be anything grand. It's something very simple, but still significant. And so we don't hear those messages out there in the world. And I think that we have to tell that to ourselves. Mm -hmm. The thing that I know that I have in me that has carried me through this life is resilience. Mm. I think that with all of us that might be dealing with mental health issues or building a support system, you have to be resilient. You know, one thing I do know, just talking about that um, permission slip is that when sometimes people hear about my journey, they misunderstand me in that I'm not happy about it or that I had, had to feel sad about it. And it kind of dismisses the feelings that I had around it because it is a very exciting thing to exit a business. You know, it, 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 there's that other side of the coin that it is a very, it's a huge accomplishment. What I did was a huge accomplishment. I was able to exit a business. We're still, we still remain friends and, and yet I'm, I was still sad. Mm-hmm. And so I think that when you're dealing with being bipolar or any other mental health conditions that you sometimes can encounter that in life, that people might dismiss it or they'd feel it. You, you don't feel valid in your own feelings mm -hmm. and wow. be, being, feeling validated of it's okay. It's okay for you to feel like the way that way. It's okay for you to have bad days, especially living with bipolar. Mm -hmm. You know, it's okay for you to take some space. It's, it's okay for you to slow down and your feelings are valid and you still need to process them. Wow. Oh. And so that is so good. what I want everybody to hear <laughs> and to give yourself the permission. 
I love that because something else that you said that really stuck out before was you talk about understanding your triggers. And that's another Mm -hmm. thing, especially with bipolar is understanding what things are triggering you. And I really love how you give that clarity of that. And you talk about the permission slip and really doing that to say, it's okay to slow down when everyone around you giving you their opinion of you and your situation, and maybe seeing you a certain way, like they see you as this way, but really not understanding the reality of it and the different feelings that can come and go and depending on the season or the time and, and how sometimes you don't even know it just, it happens and it's going through it. But I think that can be so frustrating, especially we talk about bipolar disorder is there's, there's people who, you know, maybe who don't know enough or maybe don't know anything about bipolar and they might see someone experiencing that or not understand it or not have empathy or whatever the word is, and just kind of dismiss it and say, I don't know why you can't be like everyone else or why you can't do this thing or why it's so difficult for you and not have that level. And maybe I definitely think you can relate to is like going through this transition of having people saying, well, you just need to do the next thing. Like, look at all you've done or look at all these things you're doing, or it's not going to be hard or no matter what that chatter is. I love that how you talk about the silence and just giving yourself that and and knowing that it's okay to have these moments and go through this, especially when we're talking about bipolar disorder as well. So the one question I always love to ask everyone, and I just want to get your opinion on this too. And I love that you also mentioned your husband being a pharmacist and you talk about the importance of medication and how that can be so helpful for so many people, no matter what mental illness that you're struggling with. But for you, when you hear about what it means to live well bipolar. What is the first thing that comes to mind for you? If you think about what does that look like? I think it, what it looks like for me is somebody living with bipolar, acknowledging that they're living with bipolar and then owning it and empowering themselves. So I think that like I said, having grown up in a culture where you don't talk about that, or even being in an industry, you know, even if you're in an industry, right. My husband doesn't talk a lot about mental health, even though he's a pharmacist, right. It's it's a different version of health. And so I think that living with bipolar means owning your story and taking back the power that you have. And I think of this when there everybody has their own version of mental health or their own version of trauma, let's say, in therapy. And a lot of times I like to think you are not what happened to you, right? And so a lot of times, and I say this because I've met a lot of people that might have like victim mentality, right? Mm-hmm. And that they are blaming others or or blaming circumstances. But there comes a point where you have to be like, yes, that is what it is. And I am taking back the power. I'm taking responsibility for what I can do now. And so I think that when you have life living it with bipolar, there's a part of you that has to be like, I acknowledge that I have bipolar and I know that not everybody understands that. But it's my responsibility now to move forward and to make my life my own with that added layer of living well with bipolar. And I think that that can make a significant difference on how you approach life. You have the power. And I think that that's what you've done really well, Paris, is that you've taken that narrative, you've taken that story, and you've built it into something that can help and impact others mm-hmm. in a in a path that has not yet been talked about a lot which is, can be very hard. 
because you're figuring it out too. And, and so I commend you on that. Um, and I having that knowledge to step forward, that realization of, you know what, I'm going to do that. I'm going to take that narrative and I'm going to change it. And I'm going to make my life what I want it to be. Thank you so much just for sharing that outlook on that and your kind words on what I've done and just try to do through putting this podcast out there, sharing my story. And really, I agree so much with you talk about owning it and taking the power back that you feel that you've lost and acknowledging, right? The, the parts that are ugly, there are going to be people you still come across who aren't going to understand it. But really what I can do is see the value in your own story and see the power in that. And then give that to others who, whether or not they're newly diagnosed or questioning on if this is something that I am living with, or my loved one is just really empowering people to see the resources and really things that can make a difference like the work that you're doing. So before we end here, I just want to give you the opportunity to tell everybody where they can go to connect with you. I will have those resources linked in the show notes, along with the solar mornings guide as well, that everyone can go and access to, but where is the number one spot that people can go to connect with you and just learn more about you? So I have a podcast. It's called key, the clarity podcast. It is anywhere you listen, whether it be Apple podcasts or um, Spotify, you can find me on there. And then I'm at Q the clarity on Instagram. Perfect. Awesome. And I will go ahead and put that in the show notes for you guys. And if you're not already go listen, subscribe to her podcast. I absolutely love it. And it's been part of my regular routine of going through that. So I hope that you guys get as much value out of this episode as I have gotten in creating it for you and featuring Mia's story, her experiences, her work, and really why she has put this slower mornings approach together for us. So again, thank you so much, Mina, for making the time to come out here and share this on the podcast. And you guys, thank you so much for being here and tuning in and wanting to understand these resources. So again, I'm going to wish you guys a good rest of the day or nighttime, depending on when you're listening to this. So bye Mina and bye everybody. Bye. Thanks Paris.